This is an RNZ podcast. The takeaways that the media were really waiting for this past week was from the government and its package of emergency measures which were promised last week within a week. And this week, the media were not letting the government forget it. The government was expected to make an announcement on a media package last week that's been pushed out to Wednesday or Thursday this week. It was News Hub at 6 last Tuesday, and on Wednesday, media commentator and advocate Gavin Ellis said this on RNZ's Midday Report. Now it is a week and we've seen nothing. Uh, the, the need is urgent, there's no doubt about that, and I think last week at the Select Committee that was made abundantly clear to him. So he really needs to move and move fast. Almost exactly 24 hours later, though, the Minister was on his feet giving press gallery reporters the details of $50 million worth of assistance for commercial media companies. This morning I spoke to a number of media chief executives to give them a heads up on this package. Uh, They were thankful, but like me, understand that this package alone will not ensure the sustainability of the sector. We will need to continue to work with them to design the second phase and, importantly, move swiftly if conditions change. The bulk of what the Minister called an adrenaline shot for the media will ease the cash flow problems of some commercial broadcasters. More than $20 million set aside to cover the cost of their transmission for six months and another $16.5 million to cover the broadcasters' contribution to the shows funded by New Zealand On Air for their channels and platforms. But there was nothing like that, though, for the struggling publishers of newspapers and online news, such as Stuff, which has no broadcasting assets but does employ more journalists than any other media company in New Zealand. Another $11 million was earmarked for what was described as specific targeted assistance to companies as and when needed. But the minister was far from specific about what those needs might be. But he was also at pains, though, to point out that this was just the first of two packages of targeted assistance for the media. So on RNZ's 9 to noon on Friday, Catherine Ryan asked Chris Farfoy what would be in the second one. It's on the table then for that second package. What are you already thinking about? Yeah, look, um, we gave a pretty big nod um, yesterday in the announcement um, to the expansion of uh, what is called the local democracy reporting um, pilot, which has been underway for the last 12 months. It's actually been administered uh, by Radio New Zealand. That's seen, I think, um, just under, uh, close to 10, uh, maybe a few less than that, um, regional reporters being funded uh, around the country to ensure things like um, local councils, local bodies, uh, DHBs uh, are being reported on um, because we were noticing um, that there was a lack of that accountability, uh, certainly at the local level. Uh, we think that needs to um, uh, have a real enhancement, um, um, not necessarily in the way that it's administered at the moment, but I think some heft needs to be put uh, into that and, and then discussions about how that might be able to fit uh, into um, the, the media market as it is now um, and how um, either um, new, new things can come about it, uh, from it or we can help that to support um, journalism capacity in already existing media companies. That local democracy reporting service Chris Farfoy mentioned there is a joint project set up last year which employs eight reporters at local papers around the regions where journalists are thin on the ground. It was the first time that newspaper reporters here had been paid for from the public purse and now that seems to be a sign of things to come. But it's also a sign of how messy and ad hoc public media funding had become here. That service is backed by $1 million from New Zealand On Air for one year from a fund to support innovation which no longer exists and that was set up in the first place by an advisory group that the current minister disbanded last year. 
Chris Farfoy went on to tell Catherine Ryan on Friday he was also closely following moves in Australia to make digital platforms like Facebook and Google pay for the journalism that they carry across the ditch. We've already got our Treasury officials talking with our counterparts across the Tasman about um, their moves uh, around Google and Facebook and advertising revenue, so we're going to have a good look at that. Um, I think having Australia and New Zealand working in tandem uh, there um, will be useful, and then there's obviously other things. Um. And while Chris Farfoy said he hadn't yet talked to officials in Australia about that, he would be meeting this week with representatives of Facebook to discuss the viability of the New Zealand media market. Will Facebook fight efforts to make them pay for New Zealand journalism here if the government tries that, or will they come to the party? Well, the man in charge of Facebook's relationships with news media in Australia and New Zealand is Andrew Hunter, who's based in Sydney and was formerly an editor-in-chief at Microsoft MSN in Australia. And in mid-2018, he told me this about Facebook's relationship with our media. We are certainly very, very willing to help uh, partners fund you know, programming or to help them, um, you know, pilot products and programs that might work in Facebook. Um, But we are not at this stage setting up a, um, you know, a massive fund to fund journalism. So in terms of the news partnerships, um, is New Zealand really on the map for this or are we a bit too sort of small scale in the big scheme of things? New Zealand is very much on the map. So New Zealand is part of my territory. You know, I've been over to to Auckland not that long ago to speak to TVNZ, MediaWorks, um, New Zealand Herald and and Fairfax. You know, we're working with those guys um, in in a, um, a very productive way. Facebook's Head of News Partnerships for Australia and New Zealand, Andrew Hunter, speaking to MediaWatch there back in mid-2018. This week he didn't respond to MediaWatch's request via email for more information about how Facebook might respond to New Zealand news media calls for them to pay for the content they carry here, or whether they'd be engaging with our government on that issue. This weekend, the Office of the Minister for Broadcasting and Digital Media confirmed that Chris Farfoy did have a conference call on Friday, which included Facebook's Head of Policy for Australia and New Zealand, Mia Garlick, but the Minister declined to be interviewed about that at this stage. In the meantime, under-pressure news publisher Stuff this week launched a scheme to persuade its online readers to pay up. The Stuff supporters scheme asked for an annual or monthly amount from contributors or just a one-off payment. In the light of that, I asked Stuff Chief Executive Sinead Boucher what she made of the government's rescue package this week, which eased the plight of commercial broadcasting companies, but not hers. We were, um, I think, a bit disappointed that in a package of that scale that uh, you know, 75% of that was inaccessible to um, non-broadcast entities. Um, and of the $11 million that is available to us, um, you know, it's available to everyone. So I think it will come down to what's, what we're actually able to apply for and um, access through that um, fund and how quickly. But the minister did say, we want the spending to be effective and we want business organisations to, you know, have robust models. I mean, he might have looked at the likes of Stuff or even NZME or your rivals and said, well, I'm not sure that um, spending money on them in their current state would be worth it. Yeah, I did pick up on that. And um, I hope that that is not what he intended to um, mean through that. Um, you know, while there's been an overarching sort of issue for 
media companies globally in the last few years. This has been well documented. Um, you know, we find ourselves in this sort of pressing situation now, um, like many other businesses, because of the COVID pandemic and the response we've all had to take to it, which has sort of knocked off uh, our major source of revenue, adver advertising, at a time when there has just never been more need or demand for the journalism. Um, so we um, really, you know, we need that um, help to get through this, you know, short term um, so we can keep delivering that sort of work um, and then sort of be able to pick ourselves back up. Um, that said, you know, while there is the sort of general structural issue um, for media and its business models um, that we're all grappling with, those sort of forces won't necessarily go away unless we can get some government attention on some of the things that um, are behind that as well. And you said earlier at the Epidemic Response Committee, um, you didn't think the news media that, that and the journalism industry, as you put it, could actually carry on, it wouldn't be sustainable without government help. But how far do you want them to take that? Do you, would you actually want them to go so far as to take a stake? your business or others? Yeah, look, and I certainly wasn't meaning um, that I think the government should take a stake in uh, news media. I don't think any of the companies um, in New Zealand would want to see that happen as a response to that. I think what I meant is that we would need government assistance in a, in a range of ways. Firstly, you know, there is a short-term issue that we're in where, you know, there really is a pressing need for news companies to be able to deliver journalism right now. There are still things we're going to need the government to assist with that help us uh, put news media on a more stable footing. And mostly um, that relates to, um, to trying to address some of the, I guess, the uneven playing field that exists between you know, media companies and the international companies that have made their businesses off the you know, high quality content that others create. He did say, say uh, give big hints that in the next, range of measures, that local democracy reporting service uh, could be a model that would be beefed up. That could mean New Zealand on air or some government agency paying the wages of reporters, including yours. Would you be happy with that? Well, I think if the um, ultimate outcome is that we're able to keep employing um, local journalists, regional journalists, um, at scale around the country, that's a good thing. I mean, that's the primary thing that we all we all want to protect is our ability to deliver um, journalism in towns, big and small, as well as having plenty of people in the beehive and on national stories. Um, I think there is, you know, New Zealand on Air has done a lot in recent years to try and um, expand its uh, its funding to non broadcast um, media. Staff has certainly benefited from some of that. So the minister said, interestingly, he was looking at following Australia's lead, even the possibility of kind of joining in what the Australian regulator was trying to do to uh, get Facebook and Google to commit to providing some sort of income for journalism. Uh, do you think that's going to be effective here? I was really encouraged to hear the minister say that, and I think if we were able to have a similar arrangement to that that the Australian Treasury has um, proposed, it would really be transformational for the news media industry here. Because those international companies, Facebook and Google in particular, um, have, have built businesses off quality content that others have created, but the creators of those, you know, often news companies like us have not seen any of that benefit. So Google's organic search is so effective because of the great 
content that it can surface and tell you exactly what you need to know and, and point you towards reliable information. But the creators of those information uh, get none of that benefit. Um, and in fact, we, we lose out on the other side because you know, they are able to use market dominance to, uh, to grab most of the advertising revenue in digital. But, but straight um, news so, content, yeah. though, Sinead, isn't um, a huge amount of people's Facebook feeds, is it? Some of the, the estimates are... It is, actually. News, news... Yeah, no, I think... Um, I mean, it probably depends on how, how the algorithm is reading your preference, but we see um, news content is a lot of people's feed. And, um, and I mean the kind of things that people are sharing, commenting on, um, that they've signed up to, to sort of uh, get, you know, alerts on. Uh, news content is a really important part of that and a significant part of what happens in social platforms. I think it really is only fair that that's sort of recognised. Yeah, well, the minister said he would meet with uh, Facebook on Friday, Facebook representatives, to raise, as he put it, the viability of New Zealand journalism in the future. Um, we don't know exactly what was said there, um, but they've got a, an Australian-New Zealand operation based in Sydney. Uh, I've, I've interviewed uh, Andrew Hunter, their head of news partnerships for the whole region. He said he'd been here, he'd met with all the big media companies, he had good relationships with them. So has Facebook uh, ever done anything for you? Uh, no, I haven't had any meetings with Facebook here, but that's not to say that they haven't um, reached out. It's just that, you know, the sort of things that they offer or um, want to engage with are, are things that don't actually help us or contribute to us in any way. Um, you know, we as a, as a I think, a, as a news entity and as a journalism um, company uh, stand in opposite to Facebook in a lot of ways and I think those ways it's good for us to keep them at arm's length in some ways because the type of work we produce the code of ethics that we adhere to you know the fact that we're producing journalism that's fair is accurate and balanced is at odds to the fact that Facebook is um, you know permitted uh, massacres to be live streamed uh, or data to be as people's personal data to be used and misused to you know, um, manipulate elections or um, recently, you know, the, the thing that went wildfire around social media on COVID-19 being caused by 5G. Um, those things are, are untrue and very damaging. And, you know, we need to sort of stand on uh, in opposition to that. And this week you launched the Stuff Supporters Scheme readers who aren't subscribers but to try and persuade them to contribute a bit to the the journalism they're reading um look was this a serious effort to get a reliable income stream that would actually be useful to you to fund your journalism or is this a kind of an attempt to show to the government saying look we're doing everything we can and uh, there's not much more that we can do and when you say the industry can't survive without government help this is actually a part of that drive to convince them of that yeah, oh, look, definitely the former. Um, I mean, it's something that's been in the works for us for quite a long time. And people have been really encouraged um, and pleased by the take-up of that this week. It's certainly not going to change the current position that we find ourselves in now. Um, these kind of things always take a, you know, a long time to build, and they're only ever going to be part of the picture. And how many people have uh, signed up either with a recurring payment or, or just, um, you know, the one-off contribution? Yeah, I don't have that sort of uh, figure to hand, but it's been, it's been a few thousand, I would say. And, um, you know, the, because of the way it's structured, there are some people um, who can pay a smaller, a small amount. That's very welcome. Some people have 
pay um, a regular monthly um, recurring fee and some people who choose to make a, a one-off donation that's more substantial. Um, so, you know, it's been, a, it's been a, a good encouraging start, but we're also aware that, you know, often for these things, it's the first flurry as uh, the easiest, um, easiest road. And now it's sort of up to us to keep, you know, producing work that people see value in. Um, and also, I guess, conveying the need for us to have that kind of support. And if you had to guess, uh, would you say in one year from now, you'll still be in business as stuff and still publishing all your main mastheads around the country as you are now? Do you, do you think you'll be a division of some joint company um, with NZME? Um, what do you think will happen? I wish I did have that kind of crystal ball. Uh, I think, you know, we will still be producing the kind of journalism that we, you know, I'm very optimistic that we're going to come out of this um, in some ways stronger, but in other ways we will have had to reshape and remodel what we do to adapt to the new world. And I, I actually think that will be true of all sorts of businesses and industries around the, um, uh, around the place. Sinead Boucher, Chief Executive of Stuff, 